You're listening to This Naked Mind with Annie Grace. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to This Naked Mind podcast, and I'm here with Lucy. Hi, Lucy. How are you? Hi, Annie. I'm very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. So why don't you sort of take us back to the beginning in your journey with alcohol? Where did it all start for you? So for me, drinking started, well, in my early, I think I was 18, 19, right after I got freedom from my parents' house. So in the beginning, I was just a normal social drinker in college. And I thought how much I overdrank was normal because everybody around me did it. And as I got older, you know, became a mom. I'm a mom of three girls. And still the drinking slowly was just escalating. I didn't realize it then until I turned maybe after my like 35-ish and I have three kids, I have work, I have more responsibilities and still drinking too much. So I was having a lot of guilt, a lot of shame around how much I drank because I knew most of the time when I drank, I overdid it. And so for a long time, I was just trying to think about how do I stop? How do I stop? How can I stop? I cannot stop these. No matter how much I tell myself that I want to stop, I cannot stop. So until I ran into your book and then the whole story changed. <laughs> so did yeah. you try things before the book to try to like cut back or make rules or try everything? To- so your book really spoke to me because I had all kind of rules. No hard liquor. Uh, no drinking in the weekdays, no drinking before my work, no, just a few wine when I went outside in public, just a few glasses of wine. And then I would go home and all, of course, totally overcompensate and drink all by myself. Oh yeah, I had all, I tried to moderate the entire time I was trying to, you know, stop drinking. And so, so then what happened? How did you, <clears throat> how did you find the book and, and what was that like? I, you know, I have no idea, Annie. I have no idea how I ran into your book, but it must have been from a podcast because I was trying to read books. I was not not alcohol related books because at that time I was too ashamed to tell anyone. I have, you know, I look back and I'm like, I don't think I had a problem as much because my work is great. My family was fine. That's what we all tell ourselves. And so I was too ashamed to think that, oh, maybe I need some kind of help. So I think someone mentioned it in a podcast, but what I clearly remember is having the audio version of your book because I could not have any paper trail back to me that I bought a book about alcohol, but I had an audible version of uh, or the audible version on Amazon and I downloaded your book that time and I was listening to it in the car on my work lunch, off Wi-Fi, I tell this story all the time, off Wi-Fi, off Wi-Fi, I do not want any tech people to know what I'm listening to, it was so crazy, but that's why I listened to it for the first time, and for the first time in 10 years of my drinking experience, I was able to go alcohol-free for 60 days straight, I was so good, I was so happy, so proud of myself that I was not drinking anymore, and then of course, uh, after that, I was feeling too good and too excited. And the thoughts about, oh, I'm good. I'm healed. I don't have a problem. I can stop for 60 days. So I went back to it a little bit, a little bit, little glass of wine here and there, a little bottle, maybe, uh, you know, every weekend. But then about three months after I picked back a drinking, I was right back where I started. And that continued for maybe another one, two years before I finally decided this is it. You know, I can't keep doing the same things over and over again. 
a lot of portions of your book that I still vividly remember reading. And I was just playing right into it. You know, I was tired of gambling with my life. And I picked up your book the second time around in July of 2021. And that was it. Oh, that's awesome. So you read it again. Yes, I had to read it again because first time around, clearly it did not work. <laughs> oh, awesome. It worked, but I, I think it really worked. It gave me that awareness of what I was doing. So every time now I drank, I knew exactly what I was doing and it just made me feel bad, but it also, it was a good thing. Yeah, you you can't unknow and then you're kind of like, know. yeah, it's like kind of okay, but kind of not okay because you're like, well, this is in some ways worse than before because I can't right? unknow this. Yeah. But mm-hmm. How, like those two years where you kind of that interim, interim where you sort of knew more than you did before, but you were still drinking. Did you find, did you find that harder? Was there more kind of cognitive dissonance, more sort of internal? Oh gosh. Yes. More cognitive dissonance because now I knew the fact of, uh, of over drinking, but then there's a point where in your book, you say, now, you know, you have the handcuffs. So how do I get rid of this thing? Now I want to stop. I want to stop. But I knew there was you talk about that. You can stop. So that those two years were really hard. And of course, the cycle continues because the more I knew, the worse I drank to feel better, to relieve myself off of that uh, shame of just repeating the same cycle. So I think even in the two years after, I drank worse. <laughs> yeah. That's- like really typical and it's it's yeah. interesting because once we once we kind of like awaken the knowledge and we can't know it it becomes it becomes harder to yeah just be becomes we know too much I guess and then it right. becomes hard to like turn turn that off within ourselves so how has it how has it been for you well first of all in that first 60 days the first 60 uh-huh. days the first time around how was that like with your friends and family and and people in your life I was too good for myself. <laughs> I thought I had made it. I thought I had arrived. I was just too good. But it was amazing though, because then there was something, a light bulb went off like, I can do this. I can, I really can do this. And my husband noticed, my children noticed, it felt better. I, I had more energy. Weekends were actually weekends. They were productive. I was doing things that I loved. I was not going to work hungover on every Monday morning. Most of the time, every Monday morning, I wasn't feeling right. You no, know, just feeling low energy, tired, anxious, bad mood. But this, those Monday mornings, I went to work feeling great. So there was something, something changed about me. And also I dropped a couple of pounds in 60 days. So I, I saw the difference, just how I felt overall was not the same person. So I knew, you know what, there's something about alcohol that is not right for me and it's no longer useful in my life, but I keep doing it because I don't know how to stop. Yeah, yeah, that makes so much sense. And then yeah. the second time around, when you kind of are like, okay, I'm just I'm just really done with this now. How, have, how has it been sort of socially and how has it been with friends and family and yeah, it's been great. This time around, I meant it. I wanted to do it. I stopped drinking after, in July, It was I was drinking nonstop every day. By that time, I wasn't working. It was during the pandemic. Um, I'm a nurse, so I was very stressed out. Uh, so I was drinking every day, pretty much, and not just a wine, a bottle, every day by myself at home. 
And so about the seventh day of nonstop drinking, I, 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 I couldn't do it anymore. I was just like at that place where, you know, you can call rock bottom, but nothing outside of my life. No one knew I drank that much. I just drank by myself. Maybe my kids knew. But when I decided to stop drinking after that, everything about my life has changed. The relationship with my husband, my marriage, with my kids, with my friends, a lot, a lot of friends, because all of my friends were drinking buddies. But now when I get to know people, I get to know people genuinely, authentically. They also get to know me as a genuine person. You know, So I have deeper, I think, relationships, connections. And I love that. I get, and then I got to meet the most important person in, in my life which is me I got to meet me again and I just that's the best part about stopping to drink is now I have a, a different identity it's not the same person who drank those 10 years it's almost a whole different person but this is me and I feel very comfortable with this person it's taken a couple of years it wasn't right away first it was very awkward to be at places and not drink or people asking me why are you not drinking you know but I, I had to be honest with myself that I was not going to go back because I knew where that road led. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yesterday I was um, coaching some people in our PATH program and someone was saying like, wow, I just, I feel like now I have to learn how to be me. And I was like, it's so true. Like you need to, I almost feel like we need like a course, like how to be human, right? How to navigate being human. And I said, at the risk of being completely cheesy and cliche, I really do feel like once I put down the bottle and everything that I was doing to self-medicate, I had to get to actually know myself and heal myself and figure out how to help all the things that I was self-medicating to escape. And it is kind of like the biggest, like really cheesy, I know, but like the biggest love affair of your life because yeah. you're like meeting you, the one you're always with and, and you're healing that relationship. And it's so profound. Totally agree. When they say about having your picture full before you can be able to help others, because that's, before I stopped drinking, that's what I felt. I'm everybody's caretaker. I take care of my kids. I have little babies. I go to work and I take care of everybody else. Have my, I take care of them. I'm just everyone's caretaker. Pour me in, pour me in. I'll drink to that. But after I stopped drinking now, and I found myself again. And mm -hmm. it's not just, oh, finding yourself. Oh my gosh, I'm waking up today and I found myself again. But it's all the work that it takes to heal for me as a person, all the work it did for me to to be able to fight those demons that make me, you know, like when I go to sleep at night, what am I ashamed of? What am I insecure about as a person and having to deal with that and just uncovering those layers to get to know me. That was really profound for me because I made an intentional decision that if I was going to stop drinking, I might as well live my best life. So I, I, I really worked on having a good relationship with myself intentionally. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And so uh, if if this is too personal, you can tell me, but what what are some of the things that you've discovered about you that you just are so excited about? Oh my gosh. I can have fun. I can I do not have to drink. I'm a fun person without alcohol. 
And uh, I can say I am bold. I tr like to try new things. But the fun part, that's the part that I never thought that I would be able to listen to music without drinking because listening to music and cleaning, all that had to go with wine or something, you know, going to the, to the nightclub or having fun, always had to do, always alcohol had to be involved in some kind of aspect. Now I can have fun. I can relax. I can stay home on a Friday night and not feel like I'm missing out on the world. I can have I have genuine relaxation, genuine peace. I have peace of mind. I go to sleep at night and I wake up and I remember all the events about last night every weekend. So good for me. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And it's like, <laughs> it's so, I think, incredible and affirming to realize I, I remember just on my own journey so many things just realizing like oh that was inside me the whole time anyway like I had given alcohol credit for so many things that actually weren't alcohol like I gave it credit for my creativity or you know I always imagined that I'd write books someday but I always imagined them with you know a bottle of wine in some cabin somewhere and of course the books I end up writing are about <laughs> not drinking. So I certainly <laughs> wasn't drinking. And, and it was like, wow, that's, that's like inside me that, that playfulness or that fun or that creativity. And it's, it's so amazing how much credit we give this fermented liquid for the things that actually are great about us anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Even the relationships with my children, like for my firstborn, she's almost 13 now and our relationship was very rocky. Because she, 10 years, she, that's all she knew was mommy drunk all the time. And so I honestly, I don't think I knew how to be a mommy without having a glass of wine. And, you know, there's the culture about that encourages mommies to drink all the time. So that's what I did. And now she, I get to know her. She gets to know me as a mommy who doesn't drink. And I get to be a role model for her that we can do this. You know, adults can have fun without drinking. We can have a good relationship just sit and do normal things without wine or alcohol in my hand. Love that. I love that so much. And um, so I feel like it's it's a pretty major 180 to go from not wanting to listen to my book on Wi-Fi because <laughs> it might be known that you're listening to it to mm -hmm. on this podcast, which gets, you know, a hundred thousand downloads an episode. Um yeah. How 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 has that kind of come about, right? And what this decision is for you? It's been about two years, over two years uh, since I stopped drinking. I feel comfortable now in my decision to stay a hundred percent alcohol free. I have gotten over the shame, over the guilt of talking about my story. And so even when I was talking to Lance, because Lance is one of your coaches and we we got to know each other on Instagram. And we just, I just remember talking to him about how much I, I hated the feeling of anybody ever knowing that I used to drink so much because I never told anybody. I met lots of people who told who just doubted, like, you used to drink? I don't think so. I've never seen you drunk ever. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> because I did it at home by myself, full of you know shame and guilt and anxiety about over drinking. Uh, but now... I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with my decision. I know I, I do it for me, not for anybody else. And I'm totally comfortable with everybody else around me drinking because it's not about them. It's about me and how I feel about myself and the relationship I have with myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
this is just for me. This is for me. And I was actually talking to somebody and they asked me, do people at work know? Do you talk about them? I know. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> if you don't ask me, I don't have any reason to tell you because then I don't want any awkward situations. But it's all right. If you know, then you know. That was a part of my history. And I've moved on now. Yeah. And I think that's what's so beautiful. I I, I remember feeling that way so much. This This feeling of, I don't have anything to be ashamed of because I'm not the one still drinking, you know, mm-hmm. and people, especially people who are heavily drinking, were like, Oh man, are you okay? Like, how are you navigating just like, you know, the guilt and regret about having drank so much. And I'm watching them get as drunk as I used to get with them. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel great. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't have problem anymore. So yeah. it's just how that shifts. Mm-hmm. That's so great. I can go to places and everybody else around me will be drinking and I'm having fun. And that's so amazing to me. And then after some time, I'll be like, okay, now this is too much. I need to go home. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's always like, okay, too. You know, I, I talk a lot. I think it's called, a, I forget the name of it, like maybe an Irish goodbye or, or something like that. Just this idea of yeah. being somewhere, feeling like you've had enough and just leaving. Don't have to go make a big thing about it. Don't have to tell everybody and just, you know, walking out and feel so, feel so good and so freeing. I mean, I, I feel like it's the best of both worlds in so many ways, just getting all of the enjoyment of the situation before people get a little sloppy and they're not as much fun. Right. To be honest, they're just not as much fun to talk to, but then being able to go home and be refreshed and enjoy, you know, whatever at home mellow activities are there too. It's awesome. And not waking up feeling like crap the next day and actually having a functioning day. After I stopped drinking, because my husband didn't and I didn't care for him to stop. Actually, I never, ever encouraged him not to stop. But after about a year, maybe a year and a half after I stopped, he stopped too. He was just slowly cutting cutting down. And so now we both don't drink. And uh, just a few, a couple of weeks ago, we went out on a date night. I think that's the first time that we were out overnight just by ourselves and not drinking the two of us. It was amazing. We went out, we had fun out in the city, we went back to the hotel and we were still full of energy at 2 a.m. in the morning and we went to sleep, we woke up, we had a nice lovely breakfast. We went home and just felt genuinely rested. Like it, it was a, it was so good, so refreshing that you can have the best of both worlds. We're really mm-hmm. enjoying it, yeah, yeah. So one question about being a nurse, um, mm-hmm. in that profession, do you, feel like there is a lot of drinking or are people pretty aware of the fact that, you know, the body and the health and alcohol, or is it just kind of closing your mind to that because it's just what is done? You know, the interesting thing about that is, you know, I think among nurses, we don't talk about it like at work, but now after I stopped drinking and I share my story, if someone wants to know, they know. And so like on Instagram, I would do that. But however, it's, off of work that now we talk about oh my gosh me too it's almost like I hear you that is my story and I don't know I can't say it because there's been that uh, almost taboo associated with you cannot be a nurse and have a drinking not a drinking problem but you cannot be a nurse and over drink then are you any good at your work at all then do we have to check <laughs> you know nobody talks about that but now if I share my story, then I, you know, if, when I find other people being like, okay, me too. I'm just so glad you say that. I'm so glad you said you don't drink. And we just start, start talking about it. 
and you know it just makes all of us feel better that i'm not i'm not alone our stories are quite similar i remember in my first after i went alcohol free and i used to read your blog all the time the stories that, uh, that from anonymous people on your website like every almost every story is that's a little bit of me that's a little bit of me and that is me our stories are so similar it doesn't matter who you are yeah I love that so much. And I read in a book recently this quote, and it it said, our relationship with our own vulnerability is so much different than our relationship with others' vulnerability. Because when it comes to our own vulnerability, we feel so much fear, like fear that we're going to be, you know, ostracized or Mm -hmm. out of of the group or exposed. But Mm -hmm. when someone else shows vulnerability, we're drawn to them. Attracted, we're magnetized. We feel so kindred with that other human being for sh- the shared human experience, and for for people like you who are saying, "Okay, I'm going to change my relationship with my own vulnerability and realize that actually it's such a gift to share, mm-hmm. especially on Instagram and in you know in all these situations." <clears throat> I have the same experience. People coming up and saying, "Gosh, me too." Like I remember feeling like I just had to drink at every situation. And it's for the first time ever that I feel like I can actually even say no. It never even crossed my mind that I didn't have to take every single drink that was offered to me during my career. And it's right. it's just fascinating. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just recently spoke to, a, she was a physician assistant and she had almost the same exact story as me, but I look at those people I look at doctors uh, and physician assistant, nurse practitioner, you think they cannot have a problem, you know? But, you know, people, when you get to the point where you're over drinking, the stories sound all the same. You just need someone to say, I've been through that. I know how it feels. You can do it. And so, here, hey, here's a book. <laughs> That's what I always tell everybody. Here, have you tried reading Annie Grace's book? This naked mind. I've actually bought it. Everybody that, that I know that we talk about, even on the internet, my close friends, and they're trying to stop drinking, I always buy them the book. Always. Like, try that. And if it doesn't work, try somebody else. It's not just one book. Try somebody else. Try it until it clicks, because you'll get to a point where something clicks, and then that's it. You just stop. But you have to do that subconscious work first. Yes. Yes, it's so true. It's so important. I mean, there's so many... There's so, so much of our culture puts so much value on if you're drinking or not drinking and so little value on how do you feel about Mm -hmm. drinking. And Mm -hmm. I would always argue that if you don't actually feel better in your relationship with alcohol, Mm -hmm. which to your point comes from all the subconscious work, then you'll go back to it almost inevitably. Mm -hmm. You you Mm -hmm. change on a very deep level, how you feel. And if you change how you feel, and a lot of times I think changing how you feel comes with this acceptance that you're not broken, that you're not, mm-hmm. abnormal, that your story is everybody else's story, that there's nothing wrong with you, that you've been doing the best you can with the tools you have. And when you, when you can internalize those things and then treat yourself with compassion and grace, you end up having this wildly different relationship <laughs> with yourself. And you know, you don't, you don't necessarily want to, just like you wouldn't want to get your kid drunk. You don't really want to get yourself right. drunk. It's just, right. right. I look at my journals. The very first day I decided I want to stop drinking. I wrote something down just for, I was thinking, this is for me. I'll look back at this. Oh, I read it. And every time I just cry, 
I thought I was broken. I mm-hmm. thought I was a failure. I didn't, and you talk about this in your book too, I didn't comprehend how I would be so successful in this portion of my life and yet not know how to stop drinking alcohol and feel so ashamed about it. thought I was a bad mom. I thought I was a neg- Oh my gosh, it, it it was just heartbreaking just to read my first day because I thought I, I'm the problem. This is me and and I need to fix me because I am totally broken and I'm not. <laughs> it wasn't alcohol, it wasn't me. <laughs> oh, and that's a good that. feeling. Yeah. Good feeling. And it's 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 so vital for us to internalize the fact that like we like our culture would have us believe that we're not normal, that we're broken. When alcohol is just an addictive substance to human beings, like it's, it's addictive because we have blood and flesh and bones and cells and, you know, we have brains that react to substance. And so when we, when we separate and we say, and it's this us and them thing, it causes so much more, more pain. And, And that pain actually prevents us from healing because we stay, oh, well, I can't admit to drinking too much, because then what does that mean? It means I have a problem. It means maybe I'm an alcoholic and it, all of this terror kind of drops in and then we don't actually do anything about it. Oh, so true. So true. Now, when you say about, am I an alcoholic? Oh my gosh. I remember multiple times just Googling and I know, I know how much a five foot woman being 160 pounds back then I was about how much I weighed. I know how, how many of, how many drinks it takes for you to be an alcoholic but I just googled it you know I was just thinking maybe I'm gonna read a story that will scare the living hell out of me and then I'm going to stop that will be the magic wand you know so I googled all that you know what who is an alcoholic how do they behave but yeah yeah we we, we go through so much justifications you know but it, also people are scared you know I think a lot of people when they over drink they know they're over drinking so you just want to know how to do it I'm glad. I'm really glad glad for you, Annie. Oh, thank you. I'm glad for you too. And I feel like it's just so, it just really needs to be known that when we feel like we need to scare ourselves better. Mm-hmm. And I remember doing that too. Like if I could just, if I could just scare myself or shame mm-hmm. myself, if I could just make the pain bad enough, then I would change. Mm-hmm it's such an important indicator of something being just fundamentally broken with the system because right. those that doesn't lead to change that doesn't lead to healing we're not we're not trying to yeah it just it's just such an indicator and it's so heartbreaking but yeah. the more people like you you know are brave and share their stories platforms like this or on instagram like the more we can just you know normalize that we're just humans and you know we're not different there just trying to get through and, you know, with alcohol specifically for so many of us, I even talk about alcohol in terms of like bit of self-love. You were just trying to care for yourself with the tool that society gave you. You're trying to you know, help yourself navigate life and feel better and handle everything that was being thrown at you. It just, it's just the wrong tool. And there's nothing wrong with that. We just want to recognize and substitute for the right tool. Yes, exactly. Yes. Awesome. Well, let me ask you the question that we finished these off with, which is uh, if you were going to go back, Lucy, to your former self, the one, especially let's talk to the, about the one who was had the 60 days and then had kind of gone back to it and was feeling 
even more cognitive dissonance and and more fear and shame. And you're going to tell her about what life is like now. What would you say? Oh, oh, I, I, I can tell her, oh, just, just buckle up because life is about to be fun. That if I stopped drinking, I was about to be the loneliest person ever. I was going to die in isolation and boredom. And my life was over. My life was over at 30 something because I could not drink anymore. And I would tell her, oh, you have no idea. Life is about to get significantly better. I thrive being alcohol free. I feel so good. Those things that I always thought that I'm, I, I need to do, I want to do, I want to do. For 10 years, I thought about them. Never did. But uh, now it's been two years. I've gone back to school. That was really heavy that I really wanted to do that. Now I'm able to do that. I'm able to work full time. I'm able to be there for my kids. I have energy for my kids. It doesn't matter what kind of a day I'm having. I can be able to be genuinely there for my kids. My kids go to extracurricular activities now. We never did that because I was drinking, drunk, hungover, tired. Something came up and I had so many excuses in my life. And most of those excuses are gone. And I have to push myself to do sometimes some things. But my life is busy, but I have the energy for it. So that girl, you know, my life now, alcohol-free, so much better than when I was drinking. So much better. That girl was scared. This girl is not scared anymore. Oh, that gives me chills. This girl is not scared anymore. And it's amazing what we're capable of when we just stop poisoning ourselves, if I'm going to say it really bluntly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's not, our, it's, it's not a drink that we're supposed to have. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Lucy. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your story. It was just wonderful to get to know you. And I appreciate it. It's my honor. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're ready to see how this naked mind can help you on your personal health and wellness journey and want to learn more, go to thisnakedmindpodcast.com to learn what your next best step is. Again, that's thisnakedmindpodcast.com. We have all of our free resources, programs, social links, and more available for you there. Plus, if you have your own naked life story to share, you can submit it there as well. Until next week, stay curious.